Welcome to Subjectively Correct Sports with David Henderson and Anthony Montague. Happy Shark Week. Uh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, like Greg Norman? Nope, wrong shark. Um, I'm talking about the, um, I was going to say amphibious kind, but I don't think they're amphibians. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go out on a limb. Not amphibians. Sharks are not amphibians. This is how you can tell if an animal is amphibious or not. Okay. Are they comfortable going left and right? That's how you know it's amphibious. Most sharks are dominant one That's way or the other. That's ambidextrous. But we're talking about sharks. Okay. Which are animals. Yes. Well, amphibious. are they? What's an animal? I, what are you okay. doing right I, now? <laughs> this is like the worst debate in the eighth grade biology class ever. I'm just I'm channeling I'm channeling the uh, the Democratic presidential debates right now. Are you? Yes. Oh, am I? Are you? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, we fundamentally agree on everything, but we're gonna find a different way to say it. Yeah, I'm I'm choosing not to tune in tonight. Um, not out of any kind of disrespect. I've just already chosen who I want to vote for on the Democratic side. So I'm good. Cool. Um, the, the, what's uh, Marianne Williamson? You heard of this lady? No. Um, Politics make me sad. FYI, I don't know who I'm voting for. I this is this is this is shtick. This is joke. But what I do like about her is she ran for Congress uh, like in 2014 and lost. Sure. And so it's like meh, lost my congressional race. Let's try presidency. Why not? Right? Yeah. Failing up is a thing. Yeah. And she's like a self help guru. No, no real political experience, but she's authored a lot of books. So, huh? Our our last non-political president seems to have worked out super well. So, let's continue the trend. Sure. I was hoping that The Rock would run for president. Mm. The Rock could run in the party, the Rock Party, and I think he would win the presidency. Like, not independent, not Republican, not Democrat. His own Should- party called the Rock Party. And Which sounds like a great party to go to. His VP should be Kid Rock. No. No. Ab- what are you doing? Rock and Rock. No, that's a terrible idea. Rock Rock? Well, I guess Kid Rock would get the red states. Mm. Yeah. And and the Rock would get Hawaii and... And um, what are you talking about? And every rock? state where that has a gym. Yeah. So I think... If I were doing ad campaigns for The Rock's political campaign, right, all these ads, I would just, like, do a five-minute, well, less than that, like, a, a five-second clip of him beating someone up. Okay. And just, like, a tag that's, like, The Rock, don't mess with us, or something, I don't know, something like that, and he'd win. I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know if violence is the message we want to send right now. In in today's climate, David, in today's climate, maybe a, a different era's climate. But climate's a-changing, David. I don't know if there's enough science to, to back that up, but I don't know. Anyways, back to the sharks, David. Why we're all here today. Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for sharks, where would we be? We'd still be single-celled organisms. I don't... Because sharks evolved a long time ago. Are you saying... I have it in my notes. Sharks? They used to be dinosaurs? I don't know. No, they were before dinosaurs. Like the Meg... Yeah. With Jason Statham? That's actual... Uh, that, that's a documentary. Megalodon. Get in, Dwight! Yeah. Jason Statham. That was a terrible Jason Statham impression. <laughs> was, that, was that an impression? It wasn't. It was just like, get in, Dwight. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Well, in honor of Shark Week, David, I have some 
facts that I want to share with you. Okay. Shark facts. All right. Fast facts. Fast facts. Fast shark facts. On your mark. Get set. Me go. All right. Uh, okay. So fact number one. Uh, shark embryos attack each other. I mean, who would have thought, right? It's a shark. But they do, like, there can be 12 embryos in a, in a sack. I don't actually know what they live in. But they eat their fellow embryos. So, like, if there were 12, one would survive. And So it's like the ultimate warrior yeah. before they're even born? Yeah, it's essentially uh, Dwight Schrute from The Office, right? Where he consumed his own twin. Yeah. And yep. he, mm-hmm. he has the strength of a full-grown man and an embryo. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> so the article I pulled this from said, um, uh, while 12 littermates may start out the journey, all but one is devoured by the end. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. So I, when I was an embryo, I didn't even know how to do anything. These baby shark embryos are eating each other. So maybe a shark is more advanced than we ever thought. Uh, did you know sharks have a sixth sense? Maybe? Yeah. I don't think it's like I see dead people's sixth sense, but I know they have a sixth sense of some kind. Yeah. It's, it's not like radar. Yeah, so so in addition to all their other killer senses, uh, they can also detect prey by tapping into the small electrical fields that other animals generate. They have these tiny uh, organs that are called ampullae of Lorenzini, which is also a fantastic appetizer at Olive Garden. One of the best. Little marinara sauce on the side. Mm. Sometimes, if I'm feeling especially American, I dip it in ranch. Uh, so there, I guess there's these there's small pores that are by the nostrils and uh, and and around the head and beneath their snout, and uh, they connect uh, to long jelly-filled bulbs that connect to the nerves below their skull. Anyways. Sharks are killers. They're just born killers. So, so they pick so up they, on... They, they get electrical the, impulses so, from nearby prey. So like the little nervous system pulses that, that go out into the water from these little fish that don't like register on any instruments, but in their brains they can sense that. And then yeah. they go and, wow. I mean, it makes sense. So, so you know how like in every horror movie, the killer... Uh, so so the, the good people are hiding at some point and the killer like throws open the door and like looks around and there's the good person doesn't make any sounds they're hiding really well and they think the killer's just about to leave the room right and then like turns his head and looks exactly at where that person yeah that's 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 the shark sixth sense okay so the killer in the horror movie sick we'll just call it the killer in the horror movie sense yes it just rolls right off the tongue exactly all right next crazy fact did you know that some sharks are pregnant for two years that seems excessive. Yeah. I know some elephants are pregnant for that long, but that's a friggin' elephant. Elephants are huge. I know some, it's some the sharks longest, are big. It's the longest gestation period of any vertebrate, right? So the next time your wife or a woman in your life or sister or friend complains in month eight or nine, just say, hey, it's not like, it's not like two years like a shark. And I promise you it will go over super well. Well, you know my stance on pregnancy. If it was that bad, women would stop doing it, right? Okay. I mean, they complain about it, and they complain about it, and then women for thousands of years have been getting pregnant. I'm on to you, women. I really don't think it's all that bad. If it were, you would stop, okay? So quit this complaining about pregnancy and stuff. It's obviously not that bad because all, all women all over the world are doing it all the time, all right? So just stop with this. I have a feeling this is going to go over super well yeah. with our female audience. Um, did you know you can ride a shark, David? I mean, I've seen Aquaman, so yeah. 
no. Like actually, you can ride a shark. So the largest species of shark is a whale shark, right? And those are actually like pretty easy going as far as sharks are concerned. And uh, they've been known to give rides to hitchhiking swimmers. And, uh, and you can like grab onto their fin and they'll just kind of pull you along and won't eat you. Uh, yeah, but marine biologists tell us not to do this. Noted. Okay. I was going to do that uh-huh. until a marine biologist told me not But to. it's not out of uh, safety concern for us. It's safety of the shark because when people spend a lot of time and put pressure on the fish, it takes away this slime covering that they have. And it has really negative health impacts for the shark. No, so no, people, away. reduce your shark riding, okay? This isn't a joke. I'm starting to feel very differently about Aquaman now. Like, dude, you're harming every shark you get on and ride, he's okay? He's endangering the shark population. Yeah, he is not for the people. He's just using he's these pro animals. Dolphin. Yeah, he's using these animals for his own good. And I, for one, am sick of it. Did you know that lightning strikes are more deadly than shark attacks? Interesting. Yeah. Makes so, sense, though. So lightning strikes uh, kill about um, like 37 people each year in, in U.S. coastal states alone. Right? Oh, wow. So just coastal states because it it's not fair to compare shark attacks in Oklahoma versus lightning attacks. Why not? Because there are no sharks in Oklahoma. <laughs> okay. So just comparing coastal United States, you get like 37 lightning attacks versus about 20 shark attacks. Neat. Cool, huh? Yeah. People that complain about flying and how it's dangerous or scary in fact, are numbskulls because you are like a billion times more likely to die in a car accident than you are in a plane crash. Carry on with shark facts. All right. So, in fact, shark attacks are so rare that these three animals are more deadly. Hippos, yep. deer, and cows. Deer. Friggin' deers. <laughs> yeah. So, just uh, in, in the U.S., um... Sorry, not in the U.S. This is worldwide. Uh, so in Africa, uh, 2,900 people are killed a year by hippos. 2,900 people a year? Yeah. And uh, let's see. Deer, it doesn't give me the geographic region. Let's say globally. Deer kill about 130 people. And it's usually because uh, they run into Traffic the road. Traffic right? Yeah, yeah. I have a story about an animal in a road. Remind me. Okay. And then cows end up killing about 22 people a year. And if you've ever driven through California's Central Valley, um, I think you would you could see how this could happen. There have been a number of times I've had to hold my breath because of the methane produced by these dairy farms that I nearly suffocated myself. So when, uh, when I was dating my now wife, she lived in Bunkerville, Nevada, which is the small hick town across the river from the small hick town, Mesquite, Nevada. Okay. So Mesquite, Nevada, many would consider a small hick town. adjacent to the other hick town of scenic. Riverside. Riverside, yes. Oh, and the other one. Of scenic. Scenic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So across the river from the hick town is the hick town's hick town. Uh-huh. So it's like a double hick town yeah. of Bunkerville. The capital of the hick right? towns. Yeah. Uh, and I would drive to her house, and she lived downwind from a dairy farm. Eesh. So I would just smell all of that dairy farm stuff that you were just describing, right? Did they build before or after the existence of the dairy farm? Don't know. All I know is there it was. Okay. And I started associating that smell with being around her, so it became a very pleasant scent for me. It would bring me back to like visiting her and like carefree high school days of like going to see my girlfriend. So whenever I think of like whenever I smell dairy farm and like cow farts and stuff, I think of my wife. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, Heather. Uh, David, did you know that female sharks can be impregnated by multiple partners at once? 
What? Yeah. So if you that know, makes that makes the embryo battles even more intense. Yeah. Like, do you team up with your brothers or do you like? That's right. So female sharks have been known to mate with multiple males when they produce, and um, they can actually use that uh, sperm to impregnate. Um, this is how it works. This is how life works. David. I'm so confused. I know. I saw the confused look on your face. Um, I skipped that day of school apparently. <laughs> anyways, so like. Half the litter can be from one shark, and half the litter can be from another shark, and they're they're impregnated like near the same time, but born at the same time. So you can have multiple shark babies at one time, like they have litters like cats or dogs. Yes. Okay. So, so the battle royale isn't a, a one victory, like one shark victory kind of a thing. No, no, no. But like within like the embryos that are close, I, I think they're like in sacks or something oh, okay. like that. So it's like one per sack makes it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so it says, uh, they high five each other when they get out? Like, Hey, what's up? Boom. Hi Finn. Um, and so one study says that about 36% of the litters, uh, that they surveyed were fathered by two males instead of one. Fascinating. Right? So over, over a third of the shark litters that they, that would be a fantastic Mari Povich episode, right? It's like, <laughs> let's open the envelope. Tony the shark, you're the father. Oh wait, Jerry the shark, you're also the father. Can you imagine? Could you imagine, David? Could you imagine sharks on Mari Povich? <laughs> Seeking a paternity test? Okay. I'm trying to picture it more clearly. Every time you say it, it comes a little bit more clear. They're fully dressed in my mind. <laughs> now I can, I can suits and ties. Yes, baseball caps, everything. Uh, Moana, shark head. That's what I thought of. Uh, so I thought this fact, this this quote unquote fact that they put in this article uh, was a little silly, um, but it says that um, sharks prefer to attack men. In fact, ninety three percent of shark attacks have been on men, and then like the fact ends there. But it, I think this is a little bit of self selection, or maybe that's not the correct term. But it's like who is going to put themselves in the path of a shark, a man or a woman? Right? Men are the dumber of the species well the dumber we, gender we, right? we notice this about my son he has very few fears of anything like yeah he's the kid that'll stop on the fifth step up from the stair on the staircase and just wait for everyone to get down and then jump he's <laughs> the one that was doing flips into the pool uh at like three years old right so i mean boys just kind of feel invincible so they're like shark infested waters i'll be fine right women are like no just like that no so sharks can grow 50,000 teeth in their lifetime, and it's estimated based on math that oh, there yes. are <laughs> math that there are trillions of shark teeth at the bottom of the ocean floor. I can see how So math if you're into those like shark jewelry, you know, shark necklaces, just take your scuba gear, go down to the bottom of the ocean floor, take a little bucket and you'll probably come up with several thousand shark teeth based on math. Are ocean levels rising because of that? Undoubtedly. Uh, okay. Last, that's, that's my contribution to Last science. fact, because I feel like I'm, I'm losing you on this just a little bit. Um, did, you, <laughs> did you know that sharks are silent? I mean, it kind of makes sense that, like, underwater, like, you can't hear them anyways, right? But uh, but sharks do not have vocal cords. Oh, okay. Could you imagine? How terrifying would a shark roar be? <laughs> I just imagine a shark popping up on Mari and Mari Povich and going, hey! Uh, so they don't have vocal cords. They use um, physical motions to express themselves, David. Uh, so shark expert Peter Kleinley, otherwise known as Dr. Hammerhead, 
What a cool nickname. Sure. Super cool. <laughs> he explained, female hammerhead sharks do chase smaller and less strong sharks from the center of schools by performing a threat consisting of a reverse flip and full twist in diving parlance. I guess that's how they attract a mate? Uh, the quote ended there, so I'm speculating at this point. No, no. If they're trying to separate some fish from a school of fish, they're trying to eat it. Right? No, no. no. Chase is... Uh, other sharks, smaller and less oh, strong sharks. Gotcha. And the male sharks are smaller than the female sharks. Gotcha. So it sounds kind of like a gymnast. Like you have to land the move better than the other mm-hmm. the shark does. But, and if you do, you get the medal. But I think this is awesome. It's the female sharks that are doing the dance, right? Unlike most animal species where the men are like, you know, bringing shiny things to the woman or doing a dance or making a nest or puffing out its chest or peacocking, whatever the... the the animal, which animal does the peacocking? I think it's a fish. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's the female in this case, which, I mean, they're pregnant for two years and they attract the mate? Come on now. I think sharks get a bad rap. It sounds pretty okay to me. Sharks sound okay to you? So Shark Week to me is always, from now on and forever since last year, will be the anniversary of the time that Aaron Rodgers stiff-armed a shark <laughs> with his throwing arm. Again, 93% of shark attacks are on men because men are dumb. Okay, but wait. Before we end this segment, David. Are you saying Aaron Rodgers is dumb? I'm saying his off-the-field performance has nothing, been nothing to write home about. I think he's done okay. <laughs> I think he's done just fine. All right. So um, I couldn't just give you some facts. I had to give you some jokes. Okay. Shark jokes. Shark jokes. So unlike, um, you know, my pirate jokes... From a few weeks back. Those were jokes? What? Um, so I, I I won't admit to having come up with all of these. Some of these are my own creation. Some are sourced. The good ones are mine. Uh, so David, where are sharks from? The ocean. Finland. Okay. Yours? <laughs> what do you call a shark that can't stop singing, you can't touch this? A hammerhead shark? Uh, MC hammerhead. Yes. Okay. 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 You, T- judges uh, incorrect. Okay. Uh, what I feel are the- bad. I took I took the wind out of the sails <laughs> with that one. What do the sharks say to the whale? Oh. What are you blubbering about? Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that a Freddy Nutmeg original too? Why wouldn't Shakespeare make a good shark? Oh. He's more barred than bite. Oh, okay. 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 Well. Oh. All right. Why did the shark cross the Great Barrier Reef? To get to the other side. To get to the other tide. Oh, I see what they did. They took the chicken joke and made it sharky. What do sharks eat for dessert? I don't know. Octopi. Mmm. Yeah. Mmm. Because it sounds like pie. Words. Wordplay. <laughs> what did the shark plead in the murder case? I don't know. Not gill tea. Mmm. Because he has gills. Yes. All right. I don't know how to end this segment. But that's your shark information for the week. So now you can walk into any social gathering this week or uh, church or work or whatever, DMV, and you're prepared with your facts and your jokes. You can be the life of the interaction. Never bring up the DMV in my presence ever again. (laughs) Oh, let's talk about that in a minute. Anthony, we've had a crazy couple of weeks. Hey, I don't know how much into your personal life you want to get, but I'm going to get a little personal here for a second. Okay. I went to the DMV. I'm a lockbox. I don't want to talk about me. Lockbox. I went to the DMV, and I needed to get a Texas driver's license. Been here for a while, right? And uh, 
I show up. Uh, the DMV opened at eight. I was there at eight oh five. There was a line out the door at eight oh five to go to the DMV. Come on, Texas. So I waited outside for two hours, two hours to get into the DMV. I was trying my very best to be patient, to be chill, cool, but no big deal. I get inside, and a very kind DMV employee asked me what I needed help with, and I explained that I was there, driver's license, whatever, and she reviewed my documents and said, I'm sorry, we can't give you your license based off of the documents you brought today. And I was like, okay, yeah, but I brought this. And then she was like, yeah, sorry, no, you need oh. this thing. And I was like, okay. What were you lacking? Buy a birth certificate. You needed a birth certificate. Wow. So, uh... Nevada's supposed to be sending me one eventually. Okay. Uh, you know, whatever. So that was a huge bummer. So, so you're not licensed to drive right now? Uh, <laughs> I don't know why you're making this in public. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Just connecting dots. Are you? Yeah. Detective Fernie Nutmeg? <laughs> and, any uh, any, uh, any uh, law enforcement listening to this... Um, just know this is a comedy show and nothing we say can be taken seriously i drive a black cadillac all right so what I, model huh what model uh cadillac so i went to uh <laughs> i went to orientation the cadillac cadillac that's my favorite <laughs> my favorite of the cadillac i went to uh orientation for my new job yeah okay i'm pretty excited about it congratulations um, on a new job yeah thank you so i i left home extra early to make sure I could be there because it's my first time making this drive during like rush hour traffic right mm-hmm. I get there 40 minutes early wow so I'm like all right this won't be an issue traffic might not be an issue well it's not summer so, I mean it's summer right? yeah yeah so, so yeah it's crazy how much teachers add to the traffic but anyway we uh and, and parents driving to schools whatever but we uh I, so I went and got myself some food I go to the orientation we're there for like three hours uh we do quite a bit of stuff there's a little bit of like rah rah now you work for us stuff which is always like fun and exciting to be in a new place meet new people and stuff yeah and early in the morning like summertime teachers monday morning we're all just like whoa sign my thing so i can go because we're all used to like not working yeah this right? is not working time yeah yeah so like, here i am doing work stuff like i shaved the whole point of being a teacher is that you get july off i did i did my hair i wore pants <laughs> I, for the first time in a long time i wasn't wearing like basketball shorts mm. So I, uh, I finish all the orientation stuff and I'm walking to my car and I feel like my underwear bunching up a little bit on the right side. So I, I grab okay. it and I'm pulling out. I'm like, wow, that feels extra, extra, what, 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 what is that? And it's like extra bulgy and weird. And I, and I reach up my right pant leg and it's I start. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. I started pulling my underwear out of my pant leg. <laughs> okay. The underwear that you were wearing. More in a minute. Okay. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I'm in the parking lot. So I like awkwardly stuff my underwear back up my pant leg. <laughs> And continue walking to my car. Yeah. And once I get into my car, I finish pulling it out of my pant leg. And I'm like, why are there underwear in my pants in this fashion? Yeah. Of course, there should be underwear in your pants, but then my yeah. pant leg. And so I very like looked around carefully to make sure no one was watching. And I like pulled my shirt up and I peeked, still wearing underwear. Oh, good. So I didn't pull off the underwear I was wearing before. So did you go for double protection and put the extra set on? I think what had happened... <laughs> Was as I put my jeans on, yeah, there was a pair of underwear from the same laundry that was, was like in the pant clung leg. to the, the pant leg. Yeah, I'm just glad it lasted the entire orientation and didn't start coming. Like, I've got to like go to put my leg, like cross my legs or something, and let my underwear fly out under the person next to me. Could you imagine if there was some team building event that like you had a trust fall and, like <laughs> right before like your underwear just like fell out on your co teachers? The worst would be like if the, the HR employee is a woman. 
Yeah. Like, okay, I want you to make sure you understand and read this part about sexual harassment. I'm like, don't worry, no problems here. And I lift my leg up, I cross my legs and put my door fly at this lady. <laughs> Would this be considered sexual harassment? It's like, yes, you threw your underwear at me. But anyway, it could have gone a lot worse, mm. but ended up being okay. Uh, yeah. I had a nickel for every time I had a second pair of underwear in my pants. I remember when I told you that story, you're like, oh yeah, it happened to me. And yeah. I was like, really? Oh yeah, it happens. Gotta use two bounce sheets. I've just decided in life. Two bounce sheets? Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, I also once went through a religious ceremony with my zipper down. Oh, good. It was like an hour-long religious ceremony. Sure. Zippered down the whole time. Okay. Didn't realize it until I got back and was done with the religious ceremony. Did you have underwear on at the time? Yes. Good. But, yeah, it was... I've had bad luck with pants. <laughs> Me and pants have not gotten along lately. But, actually, it's just those two situations. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I will get to sports eventually. This is a sports tie-in. One of the best stories that my family has is this delightful story okay. from when I was in traveling baseball. So your wife, my sister Lara, was in the back left seat of our Honda Accord. Is it Civic? I don't remember. I don't my know. sister Heather is in the dri- passenger seat and my mom is driving. Okay, I'm wearing those uh, baseball pants with the elastic. I'm not old enough for a belt and a button and a zipper. Okay. I'm still too young for that. So what do I have? I have that elastic thing, right? And uh, I'm like, Mom, Mom, I really really need to go to the bathroom okay and she was like you're gonna be late for your game because we were traveling like hours and hours to this not hours but like an hour and a half to this game right days Tra- <laughs> we traveled four, 14 days but we, we were traveling hours to get to this baseball tournament right and i need to pee so bad and so my mom hands me a gatorade bottle and i was like i got this and so i'm in my full baseball stuff right i got okay. those elastic stretch baseball pants on and i I, I, I do my business, right? And your wife, my sister, is like... Inside the car you're doing. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah okay. inside the car while it's moving on the freeway. Okay. And she is like hiding, like trying not to look and stuff like that. And I had what can only be called an error. Okay. Where I lost control of my pants. Oh, no. And the elastic like snapped oh, no. back against my body. And in snapping it, it back... It pinned you. Yes, it pinned you. Yes, in snapping back... <laughs> oh, no. It pointed me straight up. Oh, no. And I was in the middle of peeing, right? Uh-oh. So let's just say... Your, your, your wife's face, oh. a window, and the bill of my hat all got the business. The face that I've kissed? Yes. Mm. So, I felt super bad about it, of course. But what are you going to do? It was an accident. We chalked it up to an error. I, had dust, I, I cleaned off my hat as best as I could and had a pretty decent day. Played pretty well in the field. No errors, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Was on base consistently. So other than peeing on my sister and on my own face, <laughs> it was a pretty good day. So yeah, me, hey, me hey if the worst thing that happens to you is that you pee all over yourself and your loved ones, it's a pretty good day. Anyway, I was not expecting to tell that story today. Yeah. But here we are. What brought that up? Like, what was the connection? Me and pants issues. Okay. All right. Me and issues with I, pants. Uh, no, I had a very similar experience. What? Um, <laughs> I thought I was the only one. <laughs> well, not, okay, not not similar in the in the car setting, but and this is I don't think I've ever told this story publicly. Ooh. But uh, so I was in uh, third grade, and uh, I was uh, going to the bathroom in a at a urinal for the females. That's when you stand up and you go to the bathroom. You don't have to sit. Because there's a urinal. I'm sure the ladies the are wall. super jealous that we can do that. Yeah. But anyway. And um, anyway, so so I'm going, and then very similar situation. I, I uh, lost my grip on my uh, on my underwear. I was pinned, and uh, a, a stream came straight up 
into my mouth. Oh, dude. Right into the roof of my mouth. Oh. oh. And probably a good two, two and a half seconds before I was able to, like, really control what was happening. It was it was almost like, like a, you know, like fire hose, like... Like, I mean, it was, it was a heavy stream. Um... And I imagine, I imagine if, if that was the situation, I'm sure you were peeing and you were going, oh, and then, bam. Caught me mid-yawn. And, um, and so I was, I was, luckily I was the only one in the bathroom at the time, and very little of it got on my clothes. It's just I mean, it mouth. was basically oh. all in my mouth. No. <laughs> and, uh. Anyways, washed my hands, went back to class, and was was this at Virgin Valley Elementary School? No, no, no. School? this was Is at this was at St. Christopher's uh, Elementary School. Uh, St. Christopher's, yeah, I think that's just what it was called. Oh my goodness, yeah. dude! Oh, uh, I know we weren't playing the one-up game, but you win. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, preferably it would have happened to someone else and not myself. But. Sure, at least I like peed on someone else's face. Yeah, well, mine a little bit too, with the bill of the hat sprayage, mm-hmm. but. I'm telling you, the bill of the hat was never the same. Yeah. And, um, I mean, if nothing else, like, I learned, um, Castaway would probably not be a big deal. I think I could do it. I think I could drink my own urine. Gross. If I had to do it to survive, pretty sure I could do it. Now, you're talking to a, an Eagle Scout who got the emergency preparedness merit badge. Yeah. I know how to survive in those types of situations, right? Or at least... Theoretically, I know what you're Eat supposed to do. Eat everything as fast as you can. Yes, and drink yeah. as fast as you can. Uh, I would still be very hesitant to drink my own pee in an emergency situation, <laughs> just because yucky, right? Yeah. Like, you can tell me you can tell me a thousand times it's sterile, it's clean, it won't make you sick, it won't hurt you, but still, it's pee-pee. Yeah. The only thing I think that would that's, like, upsetting is the temperature. Like, that's the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything worse, though, than, like, pouring your cereal in the morning and the milk is warm? Or not even like not warm, but why it's like would you not have cold. warm milk? I'm just saying, like it's not cold. Like I, I need really cold milk for What's my. What's wrong with your refrigerator? Okay, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm just I'm like so, there are lots of circumstances in which the milk might be a little warmer than normal, Anthony. Like okay. someone had left it out for a while while they were pouring their cereal, they leave it out, then they put I don't know, I just don't like warm milk for cereal. Just put it in the refrigerator. And uh, it's cold. Can we talk about some sports stuff now? Sports. Lots of sports stuff happened. You sent me a long text today of stuff you wanted to talk about. I did. Now, in my defense, it was in the notes app first, and so I was keeping notes on it, and then I sent it to you. Also, I invited you to play mini golf with me yes. um, on the phone, and you never even responded to that, not even like maybe later or anything. Nope. Uh, just nothing, but whatever. Uh, we'll get to that later. Ain't nobody uh, got time for that. So what from my list interested you? Uh, well, the first thing you said was really James Harden, and I know we talk a lot of basketball on this show. Um... But I didn't know what it referred to, that, and now I quote. see that you sent me a quote. Um, so I guess let's get basketball out of the way real quick, and then we can focus on some uh, some baseball and, and football and good. see what else comes up. First thing I want to talk about basketball real quick, and this has been going on. For some reason, LeBron James getting excited <laughs> at his son's basketball games has yeah. become people saying, like, calm down, LeBron, stop making it about you. No, no, no. Dude, if LeBron friggin' James <sighs> was at my basketball game cheering and acting excited about something I did, as a 30-year-old man, I would be telling people about that for the rest of my life. Like, I would introduce myself as, Hi, my name's David. One time LeBron clapped really enthusiastically at a three-pointer I made an important basketball game for my AAU team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, these kids have something exciting to talk about for the rest of their lives. And someone pointed out online, like, if my dad did that, I would have been mortified. And the person's like, yes, but your dad isn't LeBron James, the best basketball player in the world, right? So being LeBron James comes with some pretty, 
you, you get some more leeway, right? Like me going out during my daughter's soccer game and like throwing girls up in the air after they score a goal, frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Like me taking penalty kicks before a game and trying to act all cool about it, probably not as cool, right? But if Lionel Messi came and was kicking goals or if Alex Morgan came and was kicking penalty kicks and like showing the girls how to do stuff, it would be the talk of the town, right? Yeah. So people need to back off LeBron. He's a great I- dad and he's doing exactly what all these people have wanted these athletes to do for forever, which is just be a good family man and be a good dad. And they're finding a way to criticize him. Yeah, as long as as long as he's not overshadowing the kids, and the kids are cool with it, I'm cool with it. Um, but yeah, you know, if if his son is like, "Hey, dad, like, can you tone it down? It's embarrassing." Like, yeah, maybe tone it down a little bit. But right. if that's not happening, be excited. I think going on the court's probably a little much, a little much going on the court. Back off, because they had to stop the game at one point. His name is King James. <laughs> Let him do what he wants. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's not any better than anyone else. That's King James Court. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, Court's in session. So, no, I'm, all I'm saying is, like, as long as it's, I don't know, it's, as long as it's not overshadowing the game or actually impacting the game, I'm cool with it. When it starts to do either of those things, I think tone it back. So there's one incident where he, I guess, had to stop the game because of his shoe coming off or something. He, right? jumped, he jumped on the court and did, like, a kick. and like the shoe came off? <laughs> shoe came off. Yeah, okay, so that one time, right? Yeah. No big deal, right? No. I would much ra- I'd much rather have that going on than parents fighting umpires and referees at halftime and crap like that. Yes. So Hopefully it's not an either-or situation. Of course. But but. <laughs> but, but, I mean, when you think about parents and kids' athletics, you don't think about the enthusiastic dad. You think about the jerk mom or dad who is, who is criticizing teenage referees and umpires yeah, and starting fights no. in the stands. So he's doing the, act, the, the, the total opposite of that. And when you said... You're okay with it as long as he's not overshadowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. LeBron James overshadows everyone and everything everywhere he goes, right? So to expect LeBron James not to overshadow what the kids are doing on the court, just by him being there, he's going to overshadow them, right? So you're asking him to do an impossible thing. Be somewhere, but don't be the center of attention. But we're going to give you all of the attention. No, I mean, I think there's a difference between being someone famous and going and observing versus being someone famous and going and then, like, making a show like he's doing he's in the layup line right like i saw that like i don't know like again if the kids are fine with it if the people there are fine with it who who what do i care right, right? so i think of it this way and most of you everyone who's mad is is online right it's it, yeah. internet people who like who cares what they have to say right right but but if i if it were my kids game right and they were a parent who like <laughs> jumped in the warm-ups right and like was constantly going on the court and like overreacting to things like i would probably be a little upset about that now if kobe bryant was doing that at your son's basketball game would you be okay with it i don't know it would depend i mean i just just the no like with the parameters i set out right okay if it feels like he's overshadowing then yeah this has nothing to do with lebron nothing i'm just this is a principle-based argument that i make so so i'm thinking if, if i were Baseball was my biggest sport, the sport I liked to play the most, the sport I was probably the best at. My mom said, you're so good at everything. Love you, mom. But I was the best at bat- at baseball, right? Not so good at football. Uh, okay at basketball. But baseball was more of my thing, right? And uh, if I was at batting practice one day before a big game or something, and then Barry Bonds came out and started yoking home runs, mm-hmm. I would have loved it. I, take all the shine away from me. I don't care. I get to be with Barry Bonds. Yeah, and I think it's like the difference between is this like – happening once or is this like every game this is happening and it starts to like lose its novelty oh wow cool lebron did this with us one time versus like oh 
Oh yeah, it's LeBron again doing the layups. Oh, okay. Oh, LeBron's dunking at, at the end of the first quarter again. Cool. I don't know. I, again, going back to if everyone there is cool with it, whatever. Right. The only reason people have an opinion about it is because someone decided to video it and put it online. Right. I think all of the feedback from the parents of the players and the players themselves have been super positive. Yeah. So I mean, just- in, no. In that case, awesome, cool, awesome experience for the kids. Um, be careful. Do not kick a kid in the face, though, right? Huge. Although, that kid would probably get free Nikes for life. So maybe do kick a kid in the face. Maybe if I'm a kid, I'm going to try and like trip over LeBron next time he comes on the court. Spoken like a true attorney. <laughs> so there was uh, something interesting happened with uh, the Rockets, of course, getting Russell Westbrook. And so you have Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook and James Harden playing on the same team because that worked out so well before. I, I don't know if they know this in basketball, but there's only one ball. Mm. Anyway, James Harden had this to say when asked about any adjustments that he would need to make. So ju- Harden, what adjustments he needs to make to his game to accommodate Russell Westbrook. Yes. Quote, none, none, none. <laughs> we played with each other in the NBA and the 2012 Olympics and all that. When you have talent like that, it works itself out. You communicate. You go out there and compete possession by possession. You figure things out. Throughout the course of the season, you figure things out. That's just what it is. When you have talent, you have guys with IQ, you have guys willing to sacrifice, it always works itself out. Well, it sometimes works itself out. This is coming from the guy who, who had... who had. Okay, if I, if I told you that... You know, Go back in time. The Thunder had just drafted all three. The, yeah. they, have, they have Durant, Harden, and Westbrook on their team. And yeah. I'm going to tell you, all of them are going to have MVPs. Okay? Mm-hmm. All of them are going to have MVPs. You're going to say to yourself, oh my gosh, the Rockets, I mean, the, the Thunder have won four or five championships during this 10-year stretch or whatever, right? Yeah. But no, they've, they've all gone their separate ways. They've all won their MVPs. And it didn't seem like it worked out for them. In OKC. But so why is he saying now, oh, it's just going to work out? It didn't work out before, James. And now you're asking a very ball-dominant point guard in Russell Westbrook, who is super inefficient, to just work himself into your system where you have the ball 90% of the time pounding the rock into the ground? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, in his defense, I think it was working out in OKC just fine. Like, they got to the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors and were up 3-1. They ended up blowing that series, losing three straight. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Harden wasn't even on the team at that time. They went to the finals when Harden was on the team. And they lost to the Heat. Sorry. Sorry, listeners, for my faux pas. They, they, I, I would uh, call it a blunder. Okay, my blunder. Um, the Thunder went to the finals against the Heat. What was that, 2012? Um, so, so it was like, it was working, okay? I mean... You get to the finals with a bunch of young players, right? I think Durant was in like his fourth, fifth, sixth year, something like that. It was still pretty young and early in his career. Um, and then they decided to dismantle the team, right? Or at least they chose Ibaka over Harden, right? Which was the first step in a series of kind of losing the core that they had. Cephalosha went next. Durant went after that. But they made the right Harden. call. Serge Ibaka, world champion. Just saying. <laughs> Well, the right no, 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 no. The right call was to go over the luxury tax and re-sign Harden. Right. Uh, regardless, like they, they, it was working just fine. But they had Kevin Durant as well, right? Yeah. And they don't have Kevin Durant now, and they're two very ball dominant players. And so, yes, it could work out. 
Like, you could say my possession, your possession, and they're each not efficient scores. Harden's more efficient. Much more efficient. Much more efficient. Especially because of his free throw work. Yeah. Westbrook is not efficient. And he's he, a volume scorer. He's even a bad free throw shooter. Like, Russell Westbrook, by analytical standards, is a mediocre basketball player. Okay. Um, cool. And I, but, 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 but I guess my, my point is that it can work out, but it tends to work out more when you don't have skill sets that are so overlapping. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I mean... That's what... what, what a, 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 LeBron James and Anthony Davis, very, you know, superstars, somewhat ball dominant, but they do very different things in in different areas of the court. Right, right, and they can their games can complement each other. Mm-hmm. Right, but Russell uh, Westbrook, Cur- Curry, Durant, right? Yes, Russell Westbrook plays better with the ball in his hand. James Harden obviously plays better with the ball in his hand, and it sticks to his hand like Spider Man sticking to a wall, right? Hmm. And it's worked for the Rockets except for winning championships. What what my beef is with this is. I understand that winning championships is hard, and I understand that the goal isn't always a championship for every single team. That's just not realistic. Yeah. But when you're an MVP and you've been to several finals and you've been to several conference finals, you shouldn't be talking about things just working itself out like that, like it did before when we made it to other finals. You need to win. And I think James Harden needs to win a championship for his legacy to be to be solid, right? And I don't want to... I don't know. That, that's silly. He's, of course, a super successful basketball player, super talented, he, one of the best in the world, but he needs to be talking about winning championships, not about just things working itself out the way it did before when we didn't win. Yeah. And and how much is, uh, is Westbrook uh, an improvement over Chris Paul? Chris I, Paul's more efficient. Chris Paul's more efficient. Chris Paul tends to get injured more, especially at inopportune times. Um, he's older. He's slower. He probably, I don't know, the defense. It's Defense is so hard to tell. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I just don't know that the Rockets are that much better if any better at all with this move. Um, and it costs him a lot. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Really Harden. I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know if it'll just work itself out. Right. Um, anything else with basketball? I think basketball's kind of, uh, we're in a wait and see mode right now, right? Yeah. It's been kind of sad because I've had to pay attention to what's going on in baseball <laughs> and I love baseball, but I don't love, uh, mid season trade acquisition baseball. Yeah. Like, Oh, I guess the other thing with basketball is that we've got the, uh, world championships or oh, yeah, whatever the FIBA. The, the FIBA world cup. Yeah. It's like FIFA, but, yeah. but basketball. FIBA. And, uh, and that's in, it's in China this year and all of the kind of A-list stars are opting out, right? They're not playing cause they're. A lot of them are with new teams, right? And when you go to a new team, you kind of don't want to risk getting injured or you're... A lot of them are already injured too. Yeah, that's right. And so um, you have a bunch of B and kind of C level stars, uh, man and team. And so I just wonder, like, does the... Does the the appeal of competing for the U.S., has it kind of... Has that appeal diminished some? Or is it just because it's not the Olympics? Like, if it were the Olympics, would these these A-list stars... um, be competing or is it just because it's kind of like maybe a lesser tournament right. that they, they've decided to opt out because china's a big market like it's a, a huge, huge opportunity on yeah, you, on that stage to to sell a bunch of shoes and jerseys that's and, the first thing i thought of yeah. the first thing i thought of was was shoe sales right i think some of it is fiba like there's not a huge like you say the fifa world cup it's the biggest event in sports yeah the fiba world basketball cup is meh like these players don't really care about it right sure but i think what you saw with the even the Olympic team before, it was like 
the pendulum swung, right? You had the dream team, and that was awesome. USA all the way. We're going to dominate everybody, and we're going to elbow people from Angola in the face and then dunk on you in by 30. That's super fun to watch. And then it swung back the other way where it was like, who cares? Like, we already dominated and stuff, right? And then we lost to, what, Argentina? Yeah. Or some crazy crap like that. Mano Ginobili wins a, a, a gold medal. Yeah, that was and like then, in, that was in 2004, right? Yeah. Then, and, a, and a bunch of the stars didn't play that year. Right. And then it swings back the other way where people are like, no, we got to get the gold back for the USA, right? Yeah. So I think it keeps swinging back and forth where, where more stars will be like, oh, I'll be a national hero. Like, look, the Olympics made Carmelo Anthony likable. Yeah. Right? His his best work as a professional basketball player it was in the Olympics. Absolutely. And so some players see that and they want to do that too. But I, I think it'll swing back and forth. I think come Olympics time, it might swing back the other way where it's like, oh no, we have to show the world that we are the best basketball team and we'll do this. I also think a lot of NBA superstars right now are filming Space Jam. <laughs> that's true. So They're rehabbing or they're filming Space Jam. That's right. So that's all I got on, on basketball. Cool. I want to talk about something that happened in soccer, actually, which doesn't uh, happen very often. Now? Soccer. Who's, so, who's foot, that? Football. Oh, okay. Football. Yeah. So this is in the MLS, right? So ML, uh, So Zlatan Ibrahimovic, which has a great name, is Swedish, and is one of the best soccer players in the world. Does, is, does not have a Swedish name. Yeah. But he's Swedish. Oh, whatever. So he's from Sweden. I don't speak Swedish. What, what language do they speak? Uh, Swedish. Okay. So I don't speak Swedish. Uh... Except for Hershey Furter Herder. Like the yep. Swedish chef from, yes. from the Muppets, right? That's right. That's what I was doing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, scrub that? Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> okay, not how it works. Still doesn't work that way. We haven't figured that out yet. So, Zlatan plays for the LA Galaxy. He's 39, and he came here, and to announce himself, he put a full page ad in the LA Times that said, <laughs> You're welcome, Los Angeles. <laughs> The Zlatan is here, and you are welcome. Okay, I love him. Yeah. Just after seeing that, right? So they were talking about Carlos Vela, who is considered right now the best soccer player in MLS. He's leading the league in scoring, and he's the best player on the best team in MLS right now, the other team in L.A. The right? uh, L.A. Football Club, LAFC. Yeah, LAFC, right? So you have the L.A. Galaxy and the LAFC, right? And they're about to play each other, uh, Zlatan's team, L.A. Galaxy, and Carlos Vela's team, uh, LAFC, and they're talking about that, and they asked him, would you consider yourself the best player in MLS? He said, yes, by <laughs> far. He basically, he said, he called himself a Fiat, no, a, a Ferrari amongst Fiats. <laughs> okay, and the the interviewer who did a great job mentioned, well, a lot of people would say Carlos Vela is the best player in MLS. He's like, uh, how old is he? He's 29. He's like, 29. Where was I when I was 29? Where was I playing? And the interviewer was like, Europe? He said, Exactly. 29, he's in his prime and he's playing here. Wow. And he's like, isn't there a big difference? And the interviewer was like, yeah, I like trying not to like diss Carlos Vela, but like yeah. when Zlatan says, right, you say, yes, sir. Because yeah. he's well, the Zlatan. And, and the correct answer is yes. Yes, and that's I mean, the truth, right? MLS is, is by far an inferior league to anything they have in Europe. This isn't the best part of the story. Okay. They play. They call it the, uh, oh, El Trafico. Because... <laughs> Because El Clasico is Real Madrid yeah. and and, uh, and Barcelona, right? And so they call it El Trafico because it's the two LA teams, right? That's hilarious. Yeah. And uh, they play. Zlatan scores in the first, like, 10 minutes. Carlos Vela scores in the first 10 minutes. Everyone's like, it's getting hyped in here. And then Carlos Vela scores again. And Zlatan scores two more. And he scores Whoa. a hat trick. Carlos Vela scores two. And then they win. And as they're walking Galaxy off, win 3-2. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, Galaxy win 3-2. Okay. Uh, uh, Zlatan's team wins 3-2. And so as they're going off the field, Zlatan goes up to the opposing team's coach 
and says, and I quote, well, I'm not quote the whole thing, I'll bleep it out a little bit. And he said, basically, go home, little beep. Go home. To go the coach? Home, you beep, you little bleep, go home. Several times. Wow. Right? So here's my question now. After after explaining <laughs> all of this Latan magic, sure. which has been phenomenal, is uh why do we love his arrogance and hate the arrogance of someone else like Barry Bonds? And I know different sports and stuff. Yeah. But what where do we allow the arrogance in sports? Deion Sanders, we love Deion Sanders. We hate Terrell Owens. Why is that? Baseball players throw baseballs at Yasiel Puig's head for sticking out his tongue after hitting a home run. Why? Why do we... Some places we love the arrogance in sports and some places we hate it. In boxing and MMA, we will throw billions of dollars at Conor McGregor because he's running his mouth better than the other guy. Not necessarily fighting better. Mm-hmm. We love it in MMA. Why don't we love it in other sports? Why does Latan get away with it and how come other athletes don't? I don't... <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a great answer for you. I feel like this is a social science question that I did not prepare for. You, but, you didn't read the material? <laughs> um, no, I mean, why do we do it? I think sometimes you just identify more with someone, right? And so you'll give them a pass. And then but other times I, you feel like someone who's arrogant is also a little whiny, right? Like, mm-hmm. if the arrogance is coupled with, like, them saying... You know, the guys around me didn't do a good enough job, and that's why we lost. You know, I'm awesome, but they're not. That's off-putting, right? Yeah. If it's, I'm awesome, and I'm going to back it up that I'm awesome, and I'm not putting down my teammates, maybe I'll put down my opponent, I don't know. Then I think that's a little bit more palatable, especially if you're a fan of that. You're already a fan of that player or that team. So, so basically, if you can back it up. Well, if you can back it up, but also... I think some of it, just your demeanor, right? Which is maybe unfair because how much of your demeanor can you actually control? I mean, mm. a lot of it's just kind of your your natural, um, um, I don't know, your 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 appearance, your manner of speaking. You know, are you smiling when you're taught when you're being arrogant? Like Barry Bonds, he was not great with the media. No, M- media members did not like to interview him. They didn't have a good relationship with him. So many stories about him had that inherent bias right and so so he shut up and dribbled right he shut up and he stuck to sports well and people didn't like him yeah but they but they already didn't like him i think at that point um but we love king griffey jr yeah who had confidence had a great smile had a great smile looked like he was having fun all the time the kid and so yeah i think some of it's just style points um some of it's like who you relate to. I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough question. But I, I don't I don't necessarily fault. I don't think it's. <laughs> I don't necessarily fault some of these guys for being so arrogant. Like, I mean, yeah, because they've been the best player on their team in their school, in their city, in their country, their entire life. Right? Zlatan has probably never been the second or third best player on a team he's been on. Yeah, and even now, and he's he's made sure of that by coming over here yeah. to MLS in his waning years, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so I, I think it's something you just have to look at yourself and yeah. say, how come what he's doing makes me upset, but I giggle and think it's funny what this guy's doing over here? I think that's yeah. for every person to look at and examine. Yeah, I think the easy answer is, like, if you're already a fan of the team, like, you, 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 love you, it. you allow it, right? Like Baker Mayfield... I'm sure Cleveland Brown fans love everything he does in his arrogance. And, and mm-hmm. he, he ended a press conference by someone asking him, what, uh, what, <laughs> what did you learn in college? And he said, don't run from cops. 
Right? Makes sense. But we love that. We giggle at that, especially if you're a Browns fan or if you're indifferent. Yeah. But if you're a Steelers fan, you hate that cocky little SOB, right? Yeah. Which is, I'm sure, how everyone in Pittsburgh talks. Right. All right. So I've, we've covered a lot of my topics. Anything you wanted to talk well, about let, today? Well, let's, uh, let's take a break and come back and talk some baseball. Sounds good to me. So the, the baseball trade deadline is tomorrow. Uh-huh. I, I promise you, Anthony, I'm trying to be interested. Yeah. I'm trying to care. But most of these names you're going to mention, I don't really know. No, I'm not going to throw uh, out a bunch of names. Okay. I, it's, it's more theoretical at this point for me. Um, because I am a fan of a team that has been to the World Series two years in a row and has lost in the World Series two years in a row, has won their division like six years in a row, and shows no signs of really slowing down over the next few years. Every player they bring up hits a home run their first at-bat. They have a great farm system. They have a great top four prospects in their system. They have a Max Muncy's swing. <laughs> um and so the, the question at every trade deadline that every team has to ask, first of all, are we in contention this year, right? Do we think we can make the playoffs? If we make the playoffs, do we feel like there's a significant piece missing on our team? If we don't think we can make the playoffs, do we want to sell off our best assets to get younger assets that may turn into something great in the future when we might be competitive? Basically trading for upside. That's right. So when is it time to, if you're selling, kind of cut cut bait, right? And if you're buying, right, if you're a team that's already in contention, how much of the future do you give up to try and cash in now? There's only one team that wins at the end of the year, and there are a number of teams, you know, there's probably 10 teams that legitimately feel like they can, they will make the playoffs and, uh, and can go deep in the playoffs. And so if you're one of those 10 teams... Um, do you sacrifice a shot at future success for a, a better shot of success now? And in, so for the Dodgers, you know, the last two years, they, last year they went, you know, they gave up a decent prospect or two for, for Manny Machado. It was not, not their top prospects. Right. It was a good trade for them. Manny Machado played well until he didn't. Um, but in the most important game, yeah. But it happens. But but, but there wasn't really anyone else out there that was going to have a big impact for them, right? And, and Machado was crushing it for the Padres right now. Yeah. So it, it was just unfortunate timing for yeah. his cold streak, right? And if you go back two years, they tr- ended up trading for you Darvish and passed on Verlander. Okay. And then Verlander beat but them. Ver- but. but I mean, it, at the time of the move, it seemed very smart because Verlander was having a very down year in Detroit. He had kind of lost his his stuff from earlier in his career, and it seemed like he was um, he was not going to regain that prime, right? And then the savior of all Houston comes along, Kate Upton. <laughs> and yeah, he ends up in Houston, refines his whatever was missing, and... Uh, and anyways, yeah, he pitched well for them. Although he did not win a game in the World Series, so uh, all those people who say that he was he was the reason they won the World Series, wrong. But Hugh Darvish was definitely a reason the Dodgers <laughs> lost. <laughs> and so, and so, but but acquiring Hugh Darvish was a no-brainer because again, they didn't give up anyone uh, amazing from their farm system, and they got a who at, at the time elite pitcher, right? Yeah. An elite starter. And who could? no one was predicting that Hugh Darvish was going to drop off the way he did. And he didn't just kind of slowly decline. He fell off a cliff. Well, it, yeah, it, the, the amazing thing was in the playoffs, he was dealing. 
And then in the World Series, he was not. It was just it was just the World Series. What a great expression against for a team that team. he had success against historically and recently. Um, I love that expression in baseball too. Dealing. Yeah, it's a good one. He was dealing. <laughs> Anyways, and so 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 I think about it as a Dodgers fan, right? Like, okay, if the Dodgers, if they if they if they need anything right now, it's a reliever. They need someone to get to Kenley Jansen, or maybe even a better closer than Kenley Jansen. He's been a little shaky lately, but really, all relievers and all closers in baseball have been shaky lately. Yes. Um. So he's he's still above average. He's still one of the better closers, and so they need a setup guy. All right. So if you're the Dodgers. I think I think the decision's easier if you feel like your window is closing, right? If you're a team that feels like your window is closing, like you, th- this is the last year maybe you have for another five, ten years, based on the talent you have on your roster and what you have coming up. Like, go ahead and sell some of the young guys, right? Cash in now, try and win it this year because you're not going to be in contention again for a while. If that's your mentality. But but here's the rub when it comes to the Dodgers, especially or teams that have great young prospects, is the Dodgers going to have great bats in their lineup for years to come. That's right. So so the, so the Dodgers window in in their mind is open for ten years, yeah. right? Because they've got they, Seager yeah. and Bellinger who are in their mid to to early twenties. You got Walker Bueller who's in his early twenties. Julio Urias is in his early 20s. You've got uh, a number of players, and you've got, I mean, Will Smith, this catcher that just came up and, and is on fire. I Okay, again, I'm not going to bore everyone with the names. They've but, got a bunch of people coming up. they got a bunch of young talent on the roster now. They're not going anywhere for a while. And, and the biggest, imp- well, one of the biggest implications that you see here in this is that not only are they getting great production from these young players, but they are very, very cheap. Yeah, exactly. Like, Bellinger is making pennies compared to what he's worth right now like he might win the mvp and make less than a million dollars this year yeah and and so so the the question for the the dodgers right for the dodgers front office is we have these four players in our in our farm system in the minor leagues that we feel like are major league starter caliber maybe all-star caliber level players Right, and they if they were on any other team, if they were in any other system, they would probably be on the roster. Everyday right now. player, um, but they're not. For the Dodgers, they're not. And so, so is it worth it to get a good to above average reliever? Is it worth it to give up a potential All Star? Right now. Any of these prospects could flame out at any time. They could have a career-ending injury or just, or, or just not perform when they get called up, right? And so it's not a sure thing. You're not definitely giving up an all-star for good talent in return. Right. You're giving up the prospect of an all-star, right? And so, again, it's really hard. I feel, I feel like because the Dodgers have not won in so long, I mean, it's been since 1988, and they've been competitive for many of the of the years in between, but they haven't they haven't won the World Series. That that I guess the time to be cautious is probably past. And I would be okay with them not giving up everyone, obviously, for a, a good closer uh, or or setup guy. But I think they have to be willing to part with some of them, which they've, they've not been willing to do in, in the past few years. And it's proven probably to be okay given what the market was and what the results were. But um, if I'm the Dodgers, if I'm uh, the Braves, if I'm 
Houston, right? Um, any of these teams that are, are right there, right? I think you just you go ahead and make that move. Um, it, it hurts, right? I mean, I went through this with the Lakers, right? I, yeah. I was... I loved the young guys. I loved Lonzo. I loved Brandon Ingram. Boy, do I know it. Um, but <laughs> you get an Anthony, and it's more of a sure thing in basketball, right? Yeah. Like where where one player can, makes such a big difference. Yeah, you're not, you're not, you're not um, projecting. You know, it's not hard to project the impact that Anthony Davis is going to have on your roster, right? Um, and so it's a little bit more of a sure thing in basketball, assuming no injuries. Baseball. Baseball's weird, man. Right. A closer can, uh, or or any pitcher can be lights out, and then um, one start to the next or one game to the next, completely lose it, and and it's gone for the rest of the season, and you don't know what happened, right? And it's mental or whatever it is. And batters the same way. Batters the same way, and so baseball's so finicky that I know I'm kind of I'm kind of neutering my my argument I just made that maybe it doesn't you matter, you never right? Know. You just never know, so it's like. I don't know if it's worth the risk or not, but I feel like to appease the fans, like it may be a good thing to actually give up some of these young pieces if you can get what you feel is uh, is great value in return. Right. And and I think there's really only two relievers on the market right now, potentially on the market right now, that would be Vasquez in, in, in Pittsburgh and Diaz for, from uh, the Mets. Uh, if you could get either of them, you probably give up one of the prospects. If you had to give up two, that would be a tough pill to swallow, but maybe you do it. Uh, do you want to hear something funny? Yes. The Mets front office has said that they're in win-now mode. Oh, good. <laughs> good for them. Win-now mode. Yeah. The uh, Mets win-now. So uh, Bauer got traded. Bauer is a pitcher for the Indians. He got traded to okay, the Reds. we got to talk about Bauer. Yeah, let's talk about Bauer for a second. Okay, so, so Trevor Bauer. For those of you who don't know, Trevor Bauer is a good pitcher. Really and good. he was pitching a game, and he gave up a home run, and he was really bummed out by that. Right? He gave up a lead, and yeah. yeah, he was getting pulled from the game. And he knew this was about to happen. He grabbed the ball, turned, and threw the ball from the pitcher's mound <laughs> out beyond the center field fence. He threw it out of the park, right? <laughs> he threw a home run. Yeah. And uh, first of all, I mean, yeah, I mean, Great you're, you're a pitcher. It makes sense. He's got a chooch, right? It makes sense. Yeah. But the coach comes out. And it seems to be, like, really furious with him. Like, not, like, yelling at him or anything like that, but just, like, looking, like, really sternly, like, when my kid doesn't put their shoes away after the third time, there's, like, <laughs> point at the shoes and point at the point at the room. Like, they know. That's you, what you kind of do through your teeth, little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so he goes off, and he had to be super apologetic after the game. He's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry for anyone that I may have offended. I knew it put people in danger. He went on this huge apology tour, and people are like, does this affect his trade, uh, like his, his trade, trade ability, value. right? His yeah. trade value and stuff, right? And I was so annoyed by all of this. Okay? A batter strikes out on a call that he thinks is outside, but it's on the plate. He yells at the umpire a little bit. He goes to the dugout and literally grabs the bat. This is an actual thing that happened with the Yankees. Grabs the bat and pounds pounds the top of the dugout yeah. with his bat over and over oh. and over again, inciting the manager to go out and say things like, our guys are effing savages in that box, and him getting tossed as well. And everyone says, no big deal, that's fine, no big deal. And then this guy throws a baseball 400 feet or whatever, yeah. and people are grumpy about it. Like, and why does he have to go on this huge apology tour about it? Yeah, hitters all the time, they'll, like, take out their frustration on the, uh, the, water, on the cooler. water cooler. Yeah, yeah. Or pitchers, too. Yeah, throw their helmets. And, yeah. Or throw the ball at people. Baseball is replete with examples of, of players throwing temper tantrums. Yes. It is part of the game. Yes, and so to, to 
for some reason, we're super mad at this guy for throwing a ball at nothing. <laughs> he threw the ball at nothing, and we're mad at him. But when someone throws a ball at Tim Anderson, it's just part of the game. Yeah. Get out of here with that. This is garbage. Right. Yeah, that, 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 that a manager would be more upset at his pitcher for, for airmailing a ball over center field wall where there's no fan sitting. Uh, more upset at that than intentionally hitting an opposing player. Or taking their bat to the top of the dugout <laughs> over and over and over again to the point where he might damage some equipment. Yeah. Or someone around him. I mean, okay, and I'm not trying to defend Trevor Bauer. I think it was silly and childish, like what he did. Sure. But it's and no so more that. silly or childish than any of these other temper tantrums that we re- see regularly by Major League Baseball players that receive no kind of consequence, yes. that have no consequence on their value as a player. And Trevor Bauer was traded to the Reds. I don't know what the deal involved. I assume the Indians got what they deemed was good value for him or else they wouldn't have done the deal. So, I don't know. Did it affect his trade market? Probably not. And uh, and is, is, should he be a you know, persona non grata now in, in Major League Baseball? No. No way. Um, if anything, he's a little bit more exciting, right? Let the kids play? Is that is that still the, uh, is that still the motto? That's what, they'll, that's what MLB will tweet out. Yeah. Right? But then Tim Anderson gets hit in the head for, for walking a little too slow to first base to start his home run trot. You know how they could um, they could quell some of these temper tantrums? Hmm. Actually calling balls and strikes accurately? How would you do that, Anthony? <laughs> um, maybe they could institute some kind of electronic strike zone. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, no, you sent me this. They're actually doing yes, that, right? Yeah. So they're, they're actually implementing that in one of the, uh, uh, one of minor, the minor league, league leagues. Yeah. yeah, minor league leagues. One of the minor leagues. leagues. <laughs> yeah. One of the minor leagues. And uh, the one problem that they found is that a pitcher uh, threw a really bad pitch and it bounced before the plate and ended and up in the strike in zone. The strike zone. Strike one. But the umpire has the ability to override it in that situation. Oh, that's right? good. Yeah. So there's still an umpire behind the catcher? Yes, calling safe and out for okay. plays at home and stuff like okay. that. Um, managing the game or whatever, handing catchers baseballs. Yeah. And also making sure that's that... maybe the most important part right? of the umpire's really job. Is. But if it, yeah, if there's a ball that's just absurdly high and for some reason it malfunctions and calls yeah. it a strike, because no, that was obviously a ball. If it bounces first, call it a ball, right? So we all right. If you've ever watched a major a Grand Slam tennis event, they have the technology within w- within a microsecond yes to zoom in computer generated image. Zooming in on where the ball landed, and within like millimeters, a blade of grass. A, a blade of grass. They can tell with the the width of a blade of grass if the ball was in or out, and they do it like that. Right. NASA engineers are watching that, and they're like taking notes about how they might be able to reverse engineer this Wimbledon technology. So if if tennis can uh, can determine a ball traveling 130, 40 miles per hour on a serve if it were in or out. Um, in in less than a second, I think I think we have the technology to to safely call balls and strikes, right? With with a, a human human guidance or human intervention as needed. Um, I guess the the one question is is like the strike zone, right? Because does it adjust for players depending on their size? It has to, yeah. Like and and okay, so and does a player get to see what the strike zone is? Or is that's all like? Does the pitcher see where the strike zone is? There's nothing like there's nothing holographic. Yeah, there's no way to make it visible. It's not like what you see on ESPN during Sunday Night Baseball, where like it shows up that graphic where the ball crosses the plate and stuff. You won't be able to see any of that stuff, right? But honestly, 
you don't trust the technology, but you see some of these balls and strikes calls in, in Major League Baseball, and you're like, how in the world are, aren't we using robots right now, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, there was, um, I think I sent you a tweet, there was a minor league game yes. where yes. there was a pitch, I don't know, if, I think it was way inside. I mean, it like brushed the batter off, uh, back off the plate, way inside, and, uh, and the pitcher kind of looked disgusted. You know, the catcher was just about to, to hurl the ball back at the pitcher, knowing that resigned to a ball. And uh, maybe, I think it was a walk. Maybe it was a walk, yeah. And, and the umpire called him out because it was like the ninth inning and it was a, 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 it was a 10 to 2 game or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the end was not in doubt. And uh, the umpire called him out on strikes. And it was, I mean, this was not debatable. Not at not at all. A foot and a half off the plate. Can I use one of my favorite words? Yes. Egregious. <laughs> it was egregious. And uh, anyways, you would not have that. And if you did have that, you'd have the human intervention uh, element to to overturn it. Um, the one the, the one thing though with that is that you know, the first time a game of consequence is decided because of a computer error and a human does not intervene for whatever reason, that there will be an uproar over it. There's something different about human error versus computer error, right? In my mind, like, I would be much more upset if the computer got it wrong. Like, we, the whole point of it is that it's accurate, right? Yeah. And so, so you're, you're going to hold the technology to this higher standard, right? Exactly. Hey, and so I think the worst example of the misuse of technology in sports when yeah. technology is available is that we can we can analyze exactly where a ball crosses a plate when it's traveling 100 miles an hour. We can track the angle at which it leaves a bat and the speed at which it leaves a bat. We can measure how far players run during a basketball or a soccer game. We can we can see their average speed, their fastest speed, how much time they spend in each part of the court and all that stuff. We can monitor all these football players and stuff, yeah. but we're still bringing out septuagenarians with a chain to measure first downs. <laughs> it's true. Put a laser at it. Yeah. Let's get a laser. Yeah. But but but, but this this accuracy like uh, point that I brought up. It's the same thing with self driving cars, right? Yeah. And it's like you kind of excuse human error because like humans make mistakes, right? But but whenever someone dies because of a self driving car that just doesn't recognize a human and hits them, it's a huge deal, right? And it should be a huge deal, but it, it's it's a bigger deal, right? Than if the and if a fully conscious human did it because you don't have, so are you saying that major league baseball wants to stay away from using robots because of how major league baseball will become liable and it won't be this hernandez umpire uh, guy i don't know if like, there's going to be any liability i assume but, you, what i mean is they hold them responsible just like it's your fault major league baseball because it was your robot calling strikes yeah no i, I think i think they probably would not want um the outrage directed at them right whereas right now it's directed at the umpires yeah you know and the umpires are a great uh they're great at taking abuse, right? I mean, that's like, as long as you're not a teenage umpire at a YMCA game. Oh, gosh. Like, one of the primary roles of the umpire is to absorb the abuse from both teams and the fans, right? Um, but with a computer, who do you hide behind? Anyways, um, did you want to talk strikes outs? Or what, we want to be done with baseball? Nah. One, thing, one more thing I want to talk about for today's show. Okay. Okay? So Steve Ballmer is... <laughs> Um, he's a baller in, in big ways, right? He has so much money, he could buy 
you could buy the 15 most expensive NBA franchises and still have billions of dollars left over, right? That's a stat that someone floated out there. Yeah. He's super rich, right? And so I feel bad for these other owners who are like treating this basketball team that they have as a business, trying to earn money off of it or yeah. whatever. Yeah. He's treating it like a giant NBA it's, 2K Lego set thing. Oh, it's He's a building toy. a billion. Yes, it's a toy. And you can't compete with that. When you have someone who's building a billion dollar facility on his own dime because he loves it and he wants to bring a championship and he wants to be successful in this new business, this new toy that he created, right? The Clippers are going to be really good for a really long time just because Steve Ballmer has enough money to throw at his organization, his facility, mm-hmm. and to hire the best people. Jerry they, West, for example. Hey, Jerry West, come over here. Work with us. Yeah. You want a great if, retirement plan? If they, great dental? If they are benefits? not. You want, you want, want yeah. extra money? You want to raise? Hey, you want a free computer? I can do some Microsoft for you. Do you want a, like a smart home? I can do that for you because I'm Steve Ballmer. One thing Steve Ballmer cannot do is grow hair. You would think he could afford that. I mean... You would think. Maybe he doesn't want it. Oh, Coach K. I think somebody's looking at the PEDs he's using over there. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, if You're right. If the Clippers do not win a championship in the next decade or two, it's not for lack of funds or lack of trying or lack of uh, organizational uh, whatever structure or, or what he he will he will do whatever it takes from a financial standpoint to to make sure that happens and um you know i'm not pro clipper i'm not anti clipper but i'm not pro clipper you're about I'm, to be you're about to be very anti clipper well we'll see um oh i know i don't know i don't have i don't have any like bad feelings towards the clippers but, and, but i'm and, saying you will soon okay well we'll okay we'll see we'll see but um Anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm starting to like Balmer more and more just because it's hard to dislike someone who has that much passion. Right. Right. It's like, it's almost, it's a little annoying at first and then it's endearing. <laughs> like, yeah, as soon as you get over like, okay, he's yelling, he's kind of close to my face. And then you're like, he just loves his basketball team. That yeah. he's and he's unapologetic about it. I kind of, yeah. I kind of like that. I wish the uh, bus family were uh, a little bit more free with the money. They seem like the people that are like, close the door, but <laughs> the air conditioner is on, close the door to the facility. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess next week we can talk on some football stuff that uh, that's out there. It's, it's going to be hard for me it's, to talk a lot of football because it's so early. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in the Ezekiel uh, Elliott and Melvin Gordon holdouts. See if those get resolved soon, and just kind of holdouts in general, especially at the running back position. Yeah, Jerry Jones had some interesting things to say about. It. We can talk about that next week. Maybe it'll be resolved by then. You know who uh, doesn't hold out? Quarterbacks. Even Brian Fitzpatrick will get paid a bunch of money. Quarterbacks don't need to hold out. Peterman. Nathan Peterman's going to get paid by the Raiders. Oh, my gosh, that guy. John Gruden, know what he said? There's a John Gruden quote out there. I saw it. Okay, if you can find it real quick, that'd be great. I'll try to find it, too. We'll end the show with me doing an impression of John Gruden saying this thing. Okay, here it is. All right, all right, ready? Ending the show with John Gruden talking about the national embarrassment, Nathan Peterman. He, he had the game where he had the snow in his face and he couldn't see. Yes. All right, let me get in character. I got to scowl a little bit. Put on a, put on a visor. Spider. This Nate Peterman is growing on me, man. I know he's got some nightmare performances in the NFL, but it's not all his fault. Why'd you shake your head? That was good. No, your your quote was your your impression was good. The quote though. Oh, you shake what, what a stamp of approval. I know he's got some <laughs> I know he's got some nightmare performances. Man, they kinda like the guy. <laughs> yeah. This is subjectively start over. Alright, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I liked it. <laughs> 